Welcome to the She Is Her podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Richmond. The She Is Her podcast was created to give women voice as it relates to infertility, maternal health, and the birth experience. Today, our topic is fibroids. My guest today has a very inspirational story. However, and unfortunately, it's not unique. My guest today learned that she had fibroids. She decided to get a myomectomy, which was recommended by her doctors. And one year and five months later, exactly, she discovered that the fibroids grew back. Now what's unique about her story and why she's here today is because she decided that she was going to take a different route and put her health into her hands. And so without further ado, Hey girl. Hey girl. <laughs> um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do. So I'm Keyshawna White and I professionally. Yeah, professionally, uh, pageantry. Oh yes. Anything. So professionally, I work in HR with the United States Army and I am also doing a pageant, the Miss Black International Amb Ambassador Pageant. And I won the state title for Maryland. Yeah. So I have my sister queen here. It's basically what she was saying too. And yeah, let's just get straight into it. Actually, we're going to talk about this three day fast that we've been on. <laughs> um, I follow all these health pages on Instagram and I came across this grapefruit, grapefruit and water detox, which is three days. The only thing you can consume is water and detox. Of course, my girl jumped in my DM. She said, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so we planned it out together. A couple of days later, we said, we're just going to jump right into it and do it. Yes. How has it been for you? It's been a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it has been a struggle because at work, everyone likes to eat. Like we eat together like a family. So we'll go out and get food and they got food. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. But it's, it's also been eye opening because I've been praying and meditating a lot more. That's awesome. That's awesome. I also feel like I've gained so much more clarity. My plan, if I'm honest with you, I was going to sleep most of the three days. <laughs> like even when you suggest my plan, <laughs> when you suggested to me to go to sleep, I'm like, wait, but I'm at work. <laughs> I can't sleep. <laughs> but honestly, you hear these stories about the clarity you would get once you start cleansing. And I felt that I was up until maybe 10 o'clock at night for the past two days being very productive. Like I was at the screen, I was hungry, but I was focused. And I don't know if I've felt that lately in the past without me focusing on food. I can remember times where I was sitting at my desk and I'm like, I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And I would just go venture off and eat and drink and indulge and I'd probably come back sleepy mm -hmm. and tired. So yeah, being my girl, I'm so proud of us because it's honestly bigger than just doing um, a challenge or anything like that, what we understand is, and what I think a misconception is, is women in the reproductive system, it has a lot to do, if your reproductive system, you know, if you have, are you suffering from fibroids, mm -hmm. it deals a lot with what you're consuming. Mm -hmm. How's your gut health? Yeah. Are you drinking water? Are you detoxing? So, yeah, I'm very, very proud of us. Me too. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. But we're making it. You made it. And oh. so 
Last question before we jump into the episode. Okay. What's going to be your first meal tomorrow? Tacos. <laughs> what kind of tacos, though? Um, I want mushroom tacos. Right. That's mushroom yes. tacos, y'all. <laughs> mushroom tacos taste just like meat tacos. Mm. You just throw a little, little seasoning on it. Yes. And um, you know what you're doing in the kitchen? It tastes so good. So eating healthy can be fun, it can be good. And so let's jump into why we're here. Okay. Um, run me through your story. Run me through back when um, whatever made you go, what made you go and get a checkup? Was it your annual? What, what was it? Um, so my husband and I were stationed in Pensacola, Florida. He's in the Air Force. And he noticed that I was sleeping a lot. I was just really sluggish. And I, I had like a, a hard bulge in my stomach because he's, he's usually all over me. But um, so he's like, something is wrong. Like you need to go to the doctor. It was really my husband who said I wow. needed to go to the doctor. And that plays into how we as women normalize certain symptoms. Yeah. Like I had heavy bleeding, um, extreme fatigue. Um, wow. I had a lot of stuff going on that I normalized and my husband was like, no, that doesn't seem right. right. So you need to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and they took an ultrasound and my doctor in Florida only saw two fibroids on the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, her first suggestion was birth control. And honestly, I've never taken birth control a day in my life because I know how it plays with your hormones. Good. So. I told her no, and she said, okay, we will do an open myomectomy for you. But it was in between the time where we were getting stationed up here in Maryland, so I didn't have the myomectomy down there. I came up here. Tell them what a myomectomy is. So an open myomectomy is when they cut you on your bikini line, and they go in and take the fibroids out like a C-section. Mm -hmm. So, um, and mind you, I had never had a procedure done before, so I was completely scared out of my mind. But we came up here to Maryland, got with another doctor, and she also suggested uh, the birth control. And I told her no. Mm. Um, mm -mm. And so <laughs> we go through with the open myomectomy and she, when I come out in recovery, my doctor says, I thought you had two, but when we went in, we found four. Mm -hmm. So there were two that were eight centimeters, about the size of a grapefruit. And then two were four centimeters. Wow. Yes. So do you guys realize the size of a grapefruit? It's ironic we're only I consuming know. grapefruits, <laughs> but grapefruits are larger than an orange. Do you understand how big that is? Mm -hmm. What kind of pain came along with that? I know you said the fatigue, but did you have any pain with I, those fibroids? Yes, I had abdominal pain and I when I had my period, I would pass clots. Um, and I would always get a severe migraine before every period. So those were the, the painful effects of the fibroids. And I also went to the bathroom frequently because she told me that some of them were pressing up against my bladder. Wow. Okay. So you get the myomectomy, mm -hmm. right? Oh yes. And it took two months to fully recover. Um, the questions that I get actually a lot online are about the recovery. Mm -hmm. The recovery is, it's kind of brutal because you go from being so independent, you know, I can drive, I can go to the store to not being able to do anything, not 
I couldn't walk for longer than 10 minutes a day. And then um, right when I came out of recovery, my stomach felt like it was like a bowling ball was in it. It was so heavy really? and I walked like- Why is that? My doctor told me it's because when they do the procedure, they blow your stomach up, pump it up with air, I think. Hmm. And so they can see. Um, so that feeling just stays with you for a couple of weeks after. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that was really hard in recovery was my breathing. Every morning when I woke up, it felt like something was sitting on my chest. So they sent me home with this breathing device so you can exercise your lungs mm -hmm. um, every morning. So that's what I did. What does this have to do with your lungs? I'm very curious. Well, when they put you to sleep, they, they put a tube down your throat. So I'm sure it, it must what the wow yeah. <laughs> put a tube down my throat that's intense it's very intense like it was hard to breathe sometimes and that heavy feeling in my stomach had me hunched over so okay after recovery mm -hmm. was life normal so life was better than normal i can't lie after i fully recovered my periods went from being seven to nine days to three days four days at the most well, okay mm -hmm. very and my periods went from very heavy to light okay so that tells you that the fibroids had a direct correlation yes. on your menstrual cycle mm -hmm. okay that's awesome actually that's awesome mm -hmm. and so talk to me about the diet this episode is sponsored by care leaves tea company enjoy whole rich and flavorful tea sourced from the motherland this tea invokes all of my senses and i mean it you can purchase yours at www.clearleaves2.com. Now, back to the show. The diet during recovery or after? Talk to me about the diet beforehand, and then talk to me about if you changed your... Did they even ask you what you were eating? Did they suggest to you that maybe you should do a diet change mm -hmm. to um, keep the fibroids from coming back? Did they... Um, so... Prior to my procedure, my diet consisted of Chick-fil-A, <laughs> pizza, um, just the standard American diet, which they call the sad diet. Um, I've heard so, that. <laughs> so I would pretty much eat anything, any regular American eats, mm -hmm. burgers, pizza, fries, and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, my first doctor did not, well, the doctor who did the procedure for me, she did not suggest a diet change for me. Okay. All right. And then makes sense, right? Because sometimes they just never do. And I'm not sure if it's because, honestly, they're... I'm not sure, honestly, because they're unaware or are they in a business of keeping you coming back? I'm just being honest. I'm not... Yeah. I'm just really not sure. I just... I think it's mind-blowing when... I'm going to digress just a little bit because from other women's experiences and even my experience at times you go and the more I learn, I've learned how important your food, the food, if you drink liquor, the mm -hmm. salt, the sugar mm -hmm. that uh, feeds the cysts or the fibroids or whatever you have going on. So my, my thought is as a doctor, like as a doctor who got their degree, who got their master's and got their doctorate, did they not teach you that in school? No. <laughs> you know, it's so big that. and such a fact that I'm confused on why that is not 
a part of the protocol or the precautions or preliminaries before we say, let's go and get you a myomectomy. Let's go schedule you a hysterectomy. I, we know that it's a big business. You know, farm, farm is a big business. You want to make money. You want to have people on medicine. If everyone's healed naturally, no one is buying medicine. No one is, no one's going to the pharmacy to get their prescription filled. So I don't know. So I just <laughs> wonder, I, I just have that, that question, I just wonder, yeah. are you intentionally withholding pertinent and information? And I can't say all doctors are like that because my last doctor, when I went to go get the checkup, she suggested a diet change. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump back into it. Okay. You got, you got the procedure. You were feeling the best you had ever felt. Yes. And you got, you, you got moved, right? You and your husband? We moved. So or what we have our for that restation or we had already moved once I had the procedure. So we were here in Maryland. You were here in Maryland. Mm -hmm. All right. So take me to the moment where you discovered that they grew back. So I had a late period and initially when people think late periods, they think pregnancy. I was like, no, I know I'm not pregnant. Something like my periods had slowly started to get a little heavier just on the first day. So I'm like, hmm. Um, so I go to the doctor and she says to me straight up, there's no way your fibroids grew back in a year. And I'm like, please, can you just give me the ultrasound? And she's like, let's do a pregnancy test first. I think you're pregnant. So here I am, and I'm just gonna be completely honest. I am a woman who doesn't know if she can have kids. Mm -hmm. And this doctor is telling me, no, I know you're pregnant. It's not the fibroids. Let's, she's like congratulating me and things like that. And I'm just sitting here like, I, I don't even know if I can have kids. I don't want to get my hopes up. So I told her, I'll take the pregnancy test, but if not, I need this ultrasound. Took the pregnancy test, was not pregnant. Mm -hmm. Did the ultrasound. And that's a whole experience in itself. I went to get the ultrasound done and the tech she put the gel on my stomach and she put the device on there and I swear she goes, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm just laying there and I have tears just rolling because I'm like, what is she seeing? And she told me that the uterus is, is supposed to be smooth and mine is not. She said it's riddled with little tiny fibroids. She was able to see, know that through the device or the screen? through the device that it was connected to the screen so she could see when she was moving around. Well, she was looking at the screen as she was moving the device. Wow. So when she said that, I'm like, how many are there? And she's like, I can't even count them. But she could see three large ones. And the three large ones are about the size of the four centimeter ones that I had before. So I'm just like devastated right. because it just feels like even if I get the three removed, it'll just be, okay, the next year, the other ones grew yeah. back. And they told me they don't really focus on the smaller ones. So, and I kind of felt like the- Ooh, Tissue time, guys. <laughs> tissue time. I kind of felt like the, um, 
the tech, her like bedside manner was not the way she was just like, oh God, you have so many, you know. And it's hard because I asked her, you know, because I'm, I'm still learning about them. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I've heard people can still have children with them. And she was like, yes, you can, but you would be considered a high-risk pregnancy. Um, and I was already told when I had the open myomectomy that I'll never deliver vaginally because you run the risk of your uterus rupturing. So if I do have children, I always have to have a C-section. Um, so there's that, and then there's the high-risk pregnancy. And as someone who's never had children, that's scary. You know, I know we hear women say all the time, you know, women have been doing this forever. But how how old are you? I'm 35. Okay, so I'm sure the viewers are wondering, okay, how old is she? Me personally, and what I've researched and what I know is that healthy, you can have a kid at 45, mm -hmm. 50. So don't let the fact that you're 35 make you feel like you're on this super ticking time clock. So I just wanted to throw that out. I'm sure they were like wondering how old you were. Um, Cause maybe there's some other women out here going through the same thing in their mid thirties in the process of healing. It's just like, let's heal and then focus on the kid or whatever. So I just want to, um, to add that just so you knew, like you still got time. You still on God's time. And I, I, I talked to my husband about having a baby and everything, and he, he said that he would be afraid to have them with the fibroids there. Um, so it just makes you feel, I know womanhood is not just about being a mother, but it does kind of play on your womanhood a little bit when you feel like you can't. Um, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Um, so I'm going to brighten this up a little bit. Tell me what you've learned since this experience and what has made you pick yourself up and say, you know what, instead of going to schedule another myomectomy, I'm going to go the holistic route. Okay. And how is it going? So I watch a lot of holistic videos anyway on YouTube. Um, and I've heard stories of women, uh, they drink certain teas or take certain herbs that shrink their fibroids and they're able to have children. I actually saw a video yesterday of a woman who had a 27 centimeter fibroid. How big is that a basketball? Pretty much. 20, literally 27.5, 28.5 is the men or 29, that is literally the size of a basketball. Yes, and she got pregnant and the doctors were saying, you need to terminate this pregnancy until after we remove the fibroids. She said no. Um, and She probably had never been pregnant before. Um, I'm not sure, but she, she went through with it and the doctors were afraid that they were gonna lose the baby and her. Yeah. And, um, but she made it through, so. Um, I just watch a lot of videos. I, I research. Mm -hmm. um, 
I listen to people's testimonies. Mm -hmm. uh, like mm -hmm. the the woman you sent me, the Goddess Collection. Mm -hmm. I read her testimonies faithfully, yes. like every day. There's so many women who say, after I drink your tea, I had a baby, or um, I'm feeling so much better. My periods are lighter. I just feel better. Yeah. Um, and what did you do last week? Tell ordered, the people. I ordered my tea. She ordered her teas, y'all. <laughs> I ordered my tea because I'm not going to lie, the open myomectomy really helped me. It did help me. Um, but I don't want to go through that again. And I don't want to keep going through it. And then I don't want them to tell me, okay, now it's time for a hysterectomy. Right. Um, because that can cause issues in itself. Yeah. So um, this doctor that I actually went to this last time, she did suggest me eating more fruits and vegetables. She's a Jamaican doctor. Um, mm -hmm. She was like, you know, you don't want the surgery. I do suggest you doing fruits and veggies. Um, I can't say that I'm all the way there yet. I go back and forth, mm -hmm. um, but I'm hoping to get there so that I can heal myself because yeah. I don't want to keep going under the knife. Yeah. And there's so many replacements that I'm learning about that are healthy. And I think that you can incorporate into a balance or like a new lifestyle diet, but it's also tasty or you can make it tasty with uh, herb seasoning. So quinoa is great. Um, I learned about spelt bread. Like if you were really just craving bread, it's the uh, the, the bread, y'all, just as it turns into sugar when it gets in your body. So it's just like eating sugar. Mm -hmm. Sugar, as I was saying before, salt, sugar, fibroids. If you think about the fibroid as a living thing, it needs something to eat to stay alive. It's like a parasite. Bigger. It's like a parasite. So if you feed the parasite what it wants, it'll do nothing but get stronger, get bigger. And so to alleviate that is to almost like starve it, starve, starve it. So how do you do that? You avoid the white bleach uh, flour. You avoid sugar. You avoid dairy, dairy processed foods. One thing we've learned from the food group, like literally the food group. Growing up, what did you learn on your chart in grammar school? They say, which is accurate, the protein, the carbs, and the fat. And by the way, I'm no doctor, no doctor. However, I'm a researcher. <laughs> um, the protein, carb, fat, right? And then when you get to protein, they say, well, how can you how can you get protein? Chicken, fish, che cheese, milk, or whatever, dairy. Get your dairy in. They literally have a category for dairy telling you to eat it. I'm here to tell you that that's wrong. It's wrong. It's literally wrong. It's not good. And I think even more so, I was on live the other day, and I found myself going on a rant, and I even had a revelation when I was on live, because I realized you were talking about the general generational curses, mm -hmm. right? You said your mom has fibroids. Mm -hmm. She had them. She had fibroids. She had partial hysterectomy. Partial hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. And you almost feel like it's normal. Oh, my mom had this. My mom, my mom had cancer. This person died from cancer. Um, cancer is, is a disease. Mm -hmm. You know, how are we passing this down? I'm not sure if it's necessarily genetic. 
I think what we're passing down is the habits, mm -hmm. the cultural eating habits, ways of cooking. So in our black culture, what do we do? We we gonna season that food. Fish fry. Baby, we baby we gonna chicken. season that food. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to see the salt. We're going to season that food. Yeah. We And I think, I don't think liquor is necessarily a cultural thing for us. Liquor is universal. And that was the last thing I didn't touch on. Liquor. Terrible. All of it is so bad. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Because now you have to un unlearn these things. Mm -hmm. They're good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't drink often, you know, but um, I actually haven't had a drink. It's been a long time. That's good. It's been a long time. That's good. Um, but it's, it can definitely mess you up. Look, okay. Tell us about your new lifestyle changes. I know you're on a journey, as we all are. Yeah, so I do a lot of juicing, and I've been, I actually started doing it way back when I had my first myomectomy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen my TikTok. I, w I have a bunch of juicing videos on there. I did yeah, a lot I'm of juicing, a lot of uh eating healthy um i do vegetables i do sometimes eat fish or chicken um but i've been trying to cut back on that too because i mean you can't beat the testimonies you can say my doctor said this that and the third but you cannot beat true changes in other people their testimonies you yeah. cannot beat that and i've seen so many stories especially on a healthy alternative on youtube and um jillian berry on youtube they do a lot of juicing detoxing okay and they interview people who go through the juicing and detoxing process. People are healing themselves. Yeah. They're healing themselves. But I'm not saying, you know, don't go to the doctor. Um, definitely not advocating I think, for that. Yeah, I but, think the doctor has his place, though. Yes, absolutely. I can't perform an ultrasound on myself. No. <laughs> no. You know, I, I just, I can't do that. I can't do blood work. But a lot of the things that mess us up, even whether it's mentally or physically, it does have a lot to do with our food. Yeah. Yep. So, like I said, I've been doing the juicing and doing a lot more eating healthy. My husband and I, we eat vegetables and, and like I said, chicken or fish, or sometimes I'll just have vegetables by itself and he'll have the chicken. Um, and we just really cut back on a lot. And I don't drink often. Like I said, I can't remember the last time I had a drink. Good. Look, we are looking at a testimony in the making. You heard it here first. My girl will be healed. Yes. She will be fully healthy. And I hope you feel heard. I do. Thank you for this platform. You're welcome. It's beautiful. And that leads me into my next question. Talk about the times, or maybe not times, that you didn't feel heard with this situation. I know it's common for us to tell our significant others, but is this... Is this a popular topic with you and your friends on the phone? Um, not really. And it's because they don't have fibroids. So it's something that they don't understand. I only had one friend who had them and she had her surgery back in 2015. Um, so I do talk with her, but in my entire friend circle, it's not something talked about as much, but I do have friends who said, I want to learn more about them. I didn't know that they were that serious, you know, because they're so common. Um, a lot of women yeah, live with them, but there yes, are serious there are serious cases. So um, it's not a big topic in my friend group, but I have had friends reach out and say, "I want to learn more about it." Yeah, mm -hmm. is this something you would just throw on Facebook? 
oh, these fibroids today, <laughs> kicking my no, butt. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I do that now um, because after I shared my, my yes. after I shared my yes. surgery, when I say on t like TikTok, it was something that I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to be on here, but I shared my story on TikTok and it just exploded. Like women were DMing me, hundreds of women. Yes. DMing me, asking me questions, saying I went through the same thing or I'm about to have surgery. What should I do? And um, it's just something that now I do share a part of that, a part of my life, that part of my life on social media. Yeah. Talk to the women who may be suffering in silence, similar situation maybe that you're in, and encourage, give them some encouraging words about why it's important not to suffer in silence, why it's important to share and be in community and, and speak up and free yourself almost from the... So it's important to advocate for yourself, first of all. When you go to the doctor, don't let them tell you what you need to do if, if you're not comfortable with it. For instance, they told me birth control. I was not comfortable with that. What are the next steps? Ask, ask add-on questions if you have to. Um, lean on your support system. If you have a spouse, if you have your parents, if you have friends, find a community on social media. That's what social media is for. There are, if you're on Facebook, they have groups for everything nowadays. So get on Facebook, get in a group. Um, a great organization is the Fibroid Foundation. They have different chapters all over the world. Really, they're an international organization. Um, find a chapter, go to the meetings. I've gone to some meetings and nice. I'm working right now as a co-ambassador for the Baltimore chapter. So nice. go to the meetings. I didn't know that. Yes, yes, yeah, it just happened. <laughs> yes, so go to the meetings and, and get in a sisterhood. There's something powerful about women sticking together. Get in a sisterhood, lean on each other, cry, laugh, yes. do whatever you have to do to get those feelings out because you shouldn't have to suffer in silence by yourself. Also, don't suffer in silence because if you do that, they will grow. So you don't want that to happen. Yeah. So utilize the, the things that we have now, social media. Beautiful. And, okay, as we wrap up this episode, let them know how they can support you. Uh, money? No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm on social media. <laughs> and I'm talking about her pageant. Look, I she knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> You know how it is with the sponsorships. Yeah, and she's like, give me some money, please. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I don't have Facebook anymore. It's been like eight years. Oh, wow. But um, Instagram, TikTok, Shauna the Great is Shauna with an I. I know that's weird, but Shauna. Go ahead, the spell Great. it. S H A U N I A T H E G R E A T. Shauna the Great. And you can just support me by following me and I will follow back. And you, anybody, you can reach out to me if you have fibroid issues or any type of reproductive issues. My platform is Womb Love, L-U-V. And L-U-V stands for Listen, Understand, Value. We listen to women's stories. We understand the story because I just told you mine. And value because a lot of women feel they lose their value when they have reproductive issues. And we want to restore that through education and empowerment. Beautiful. Do you guys know that, before we wrap up, 
cool story about how we met. <laughs> she found, for those who don't know, I am a photographer, and she found my uh, my company's business page, and she sent in an inquiry mm -hmm. form. She filled out the inquiry <laughs> form, and when we were we were DMing, I mean, uh, emailing about scheduling her headshot session that she wanted to do for the pageant that she was about to enter in. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. I'm a pageant queen. This is my Instagram. And she was like, oh my God, I follow you already. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes. how cool. So yes. when she came um, and I did the, before we started the headshot session, we had a similar conversation and I felt inclined to give her the real about what she was about to embark on as far as pageantry and i want to say you mentioned to me your platform mm -hmm. and i don't think you had shared your story i don't know if you shared your story public just yet at that point yes you did on tiktok on tiktok got you mm -hmm. well all i know is that when i was on your instagram i just saw your after you got your head shot you did it you um your content changed mm -hmm. i was so inspired she was openly sharing 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 she was owning her new platform mm -hmm. and just to sit across from her today and hear her mission and to hear how clear she is on what she's doing it i literally have chills because oh. <laughs> i feel like there was a time i met you and then in the and like you've ordered your tea you're really on this journey and it makes me feel so good that I can be a part of your journey and to know that I had any bit of inspiration for you to yes. get the permission if you needed permission. Like, yes, you should be doing this. Yes, you have purpose. Yes, do it. Yes. And so I'm just... You have inspired me so much. Oh. Just being the beautiful pageant queen that you are, your photography, the tea, like you shared the teas with me, knowing me for two hours. Like... <laughs> She knew me for, <laughs> for 120 minutes. Right. <laughs> shared the tea with me. And your your spirit is just so beautiful. Oh. And, and I'm so grateful for you. I am so grateful. Me too. I feel like I have a sister, a sister queen. I feel like I have a new friend. I'm excited yes. to share a purpose with you and just who knows what we'll be in a year. Yes. So but in a few days we're gonna get them toggled. <laughs> She was gonna stay up until twelve to eat. I said, "Girl, don't do, don't do that." No, I don't do that. But um, I was telling her that I might break my fast with some sea moss that um, myself and my partner got from Jamaica, and so maybe I'll, you know, a girl can dream. That sounds real lovely. I just don't know how tomorrow will go, but <laughs> that is my dream. And thank you again for coming on the platform sharing your stories so openly being vulnerable and just being a light thank you for having me i appreciate it so much no problem all right y'all well we will see you on the next episode bye <laughs>